Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You but Welcome to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. Today, we are continuing our NFL financial literacy webinar series. It's time for Class 3. Sean, why don't you tell the people a little bit about what made Class 3 special? Oh, Class 3 was exceptional, Matt. We had one of our frequent um, players that been part of the show series. Um, we kind of highlighted him and talked about his business. He recently just bought a, a three-family building in Orlando, and he's new to real estate. So we were giving him the ins and outs of real estate, and it was just interesting to, to take him through that. Tell, tell the people his name. This is which, this, which, which player is this? Um, his name is Chris Board. He's a linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Got it. All right. Well, there's, ain't nothing to it but to do it. Let's get into Class 3 of Two Black Guys with Good Credits NFL Financial Literacy Webinar Series. Um, we, we got a lot of takeaways for you, so get your pad and pen out and take note. Let's do it. How many tennis do you have? I have two as of right now. So that it's, so it's fully rented? No, it's triplex. I got two out of three. Okay, so how are you getting the other tenants? How are you getting the third tenant? What are you doing? Uh, I hired a property management company, so they're kind of uh, finding people as we speak. So, But you live in Orlando, right? Uh, I train out here sometimes. So I'm, I'm, I'm here briefly. So I'm, I'm about to head back to Baltimore this Friday, so. So how so you hired a property management group and their job is to find tenants, their job is to manage a building and all that, right? Yeah. Sometimes, in my opinion, you don't want to give one person all the ability to do everything. Because it gives them too much in control and then they they can start kind of dictating the pace of your property, if you understand. You may want to have a property manager just manage a property, do the day-to-day, and then hire another broker to fill the tenants. Because sometimes a property management can get lazy and think, oh, we don't like, for example, I had a vacant apartment at my building that I had. A, I have a six family building in Brooklyn and the broker is actually my friend. But, you know, I kind of, you know, I, I don't really mix the two in a sense. So, like, I have another building where, he, well, the, let's go back two stages. So he was he initially got me. Usually I would list apartments myself because my buildings are like in prime Brooklyn areas and I can get them rented in less than two weeks. I really can't. I've never had a problem. But then I said, you know, I don't want to be running around and I don't want to be back and forth showing. And I found as also, I hate to say it, you know, a lot of my tenants of, of the lighter shade. And when they see me as an owner, they like, there's a little, I always see sometimes some skepticism in their eyes. So, you know, I said, you know, I'm old enough now, I'm big enough now. Let me let somebody else handle it. So I let my friend do one uh, a few months ago and like he was on top of it, but he was trying to like dictate my pace. If you understand, if you understand what I'm saying, like trying to more like tell me what needs to be done, tell me how things work. And I had to tell him, this is not how we're going to work. <laughs> and I know I can rent it out. He wanted, first thing he wanted to do is me give him um, a 60 day exclusive. And frankly, I don't believe in exclusives because there's, there's no advantage to us as the landlord, as the owner, the advantage is all to the broker because it, even if you find somebody, you still got to pay him a commission. 
and it gives him too much time to relax and be comfortable. I got them for 60 days. Let me put, let me, CJ's a big NFL guy. Let me deal with CJ's property first. Chris is, he's making big money. Let me deal with Chris first. And let me, Sean's at the bottom of the boom. No, I want first ranking. So I'm not waiting 60 days. So I was like, first of all, I'm not doing a 60 day exclusive with you. You know, I'll, I'll give you a week and see what you can do. Oh, I can't do a week. I can't do this. Like, all right, listen, let me give you two weeks, but that's it. Because at the end of the day, I don't, I know, and that's the thing about knowing your business. Like you have to know your business. You have to tell me your business. I know I can rent it in two weeks and you're not going to tell me different. I don't care what else you want to tell me, how you want it. This is what I'm saying, getting close to your property, understanding the dynamics of your property. Don't tell me what, the, what it can do, it can do, because I've rented it during uh, this financial downside. I've rented it during all these different crises. I rented it during COVID. So I know I can rent it in two weeks. So I'm not going to give you a 60 day. If you can't rent it in two to three weeks, then you're not the right guy for me. Mm -hmm. So he jumps all over. He takes all these pictures. He's blah, 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 blah. Long story short, he gets it rented. Then I had another unit available now. Now he's cocky. Now he's like, I got this guy. <laughs> so I had a three bed. He comes in. He, he went for his job. He wasn't really professional. He comes in. He's like, yep, yep, I'm going to bring my guy. Because he really does a professional job. Though. He brings a photographer. He brings lighting. He brings everything. He's like, yeah, I'm going to bring my guy. He brought his photographer in. And then a week went blank. And during that week, I was like, you know what? And it's in the building that I live in, the triplex that was above me. I said, you know, between me, I was like, you know what? Let me list it. In two days, I found somebody. Mm -hmm. And I, I called him. I was like, listen, you know, unfortunately, you know, I, I said, fortunately for me, I got it rented. <laughs> oh, wow. What happened? What happened, Sean? Why? I was like, nothing personal, bro. But you, you, a week went by, I didn't hear from you. It was why I took pictures. I did this. I did that. And I was like, okay, I'll refund you for the pictures. I gave him $300, you know, and I said, you know, and to me, it was like to put him kind of in check. So then just the, two weeks ago, a week ago, so forth, I had another apartment come due. I gave him to him. He went back to the old system of said he's tried to on the down low, send me uh, a 60 day exclusive agreement. I said, man, why are we going through this again? I'm not giving you a 60 day. We can do you know, he went into like how last time he did all those pictures, he brings professionals. He really does. He does all these things. Hey, let's do 30. I said, okay, we're going to do 30 days, but we're going to have a meeting in two weeks. And if things ain't right in two weeks, I'm going to have to do this my way because June 1st, I have to have a tenant living in that apartment. So although I gave him a 30 day, I let him know, I know my business and I'm giving you and the contract, we are going to have a, a meeting in two weeks. Well, I can tell you this last Friday, he got it rented. I got the deposit and it's good to go. So it really, the, the story is you can't sit back. You got to kind of be aggressive because you don't know where you're ranking with these brokers. And if you're giving the property manager the ability to rent your apartment, to maintain your apartment, to find tenants, that's too much control. Can I ask something, Sean? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so um, I, do, I do a building that I haven't been to the building. And, and this is kind of like uh, bad on my part. I haven't been to the building in over like 14 months, but I'm in constant communication with my manager. The one thing my manager doesn't do, she doesn't hold any money. She doesn't um, get anybody. I send people to her. Exactly. So what I do is I I'm on Zoom, I'm, on, I'm in Zillow, I'm on apartments.com. I stay away from Craigslist now, even though I got plenty of people from Craigslist, I'm not really on Craigslist anymore. But apartments.com and Zoom, you know, I'll be honest with you, since the pandemic, my, I, my building filled up quick because I'm in like no man's land in the boondocks upstate. And I guess people were looking for that. So um, when I used to have a problem finding people, it automatically stopped. But I normally send her two things. I send her the application. Uh, so I'll get one from the people because they easily snap it once they fill it out with their phone. And I sent her a copy of the lease for her, for her to have them sign. And my, my arrangement is that they normally pay me through um, either Zillow or, or, or PayPal, or I'm having an arrangement with a bank near my building that's in walking distance. And they can go right there and pay their deposit or their rent. So there's no discrepancy about the manager not getting money because she doesn't hold any money at all. <laughs> And, and they like it and she likes it like that. So I don't have to pay her as much because she, that's the most important responsibility 
a manager has when they collect your rent. You know, exactly. Uh, exactly. so, but so you I, know, I don't you, know if you're, you're, you can do it the way you feel comfortable. If you want to find your way with this because you're, you're getting into this area, but um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of information out there that will share, share with you that, um, you know, to me, you're on the road, you're doing things that, you know, require 100% focus and you don't want to have to be distracted by anything other than what you're focused on. So I understand what you're doing and what you're saying. You may have a, someone that's close to you that can maybe take on some of that responsibility that you trust and understands what you're doing. Yeah, that's what but I'm all about too. You know, um, just finding somebody that you know that you can trust, you know, because then you can keep it in the family and you can pay them, you know, instead of paying a property manager, you know, pay somebody that you can trust. And you can do a lot of that, you know, um, you can put systems in place. So I know Jeff was talking about Zillow, right? Zillow handles the the application fee, um, they handle the background and the credit check, you know. So if you find, you know, a relative or a close friend who can handle that for you, that's a, a another way just to keep it in the family. That's what I like to do. But even like, let me just go a little step further as regard to keeping the family. Like I remember when I worked at American Express and my, my toughest boss, <clears throat> who I disliked at the time, but I wish I could find him and tell him how much I appreciate him. He would always, he would always tell me, come to my cube and he'd say, you have to know your business. You know, you have to know your building inside out. And this is like your test pilot to bigger and better things. You have to get your hands dirty. You got to get involved. You got to understand the mechanics of how the business works. You got to understand your tenants. Like, yes, you can go to Zillow, but I recommend and go to even uh, rentalauthority.com and looking through a credit report, looking through somebody's history, calling these tenants, figuring out, you know, where they are, assessing them yourself. Don't let the property manager tell you, oh, CJ's a great tenant. Don't choose Sean. You look and you understand your business. And uh, you want to be in a position where Nobody can tell you, like, like my realtor, nobody, my realtor, the realtor could not tell me how long my apartment takes to rent. No, 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 no. I know how long it takes to rent. I know what I'm willing to pay. I know the terms of this, this contract. And that's kind of how you have to like boss up and let them know that you're in control. And this three family is like a perfect test pilot for you. And then you got to work the angle of, okay, how do you grow your real estate holdings is how you figure out like strategically. Now the rental and the, of the income, that's just... <clears throat> To me, and I'm sure Jeff will agree, that's just holding money. Like the big money that you're gonna make is like a refinance, pulling out equity, growing your portfolio, you know? So this is, that's the other side you gotta work on. That's building relationships with banks and so forth. You know, wherever you got your mortgage from, you know, you should tell, how did you get your mortgage to a broker or you went directly to a bank? Or do you have a mortgage? Yeah, I went through a bank. Yeah. And how's your relationship with the banker, the person that you dealt with? Really, really good, really good with them. Okay, so you got to feed him the carrot. Let him know, hey, I'm ready to do the next deal. What are the rates you can do? How can we do it? Even if you're not ready, you got to make them feel that you're that guy, that you're trying to be aggressive in the market. So anything comes forth, any deals, any discount rates, you're going to be on top of his Rolodex. You understand? So when you gotta, you're positioning this relationship because you're, you're trying to grow in real estate, I assume, right? Of course, of course. Exactly. So you always got to make him feel there's a next move ahead. So he's got to keep you in his circle of contacts that's going to make him money and you make money and grow aggressive. You got to let him know, hey, now that I'm playing football, I got three, four years left. Every year I'm trying to acquire a property and I'm trying to do bigger and better. I'm trying to buy buildings and let him know that, you know, you're not, you're not just a one and done type guy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I was hearing everything you all said. And the main thing is I kind of realized that I probably gave my property manager a little bit too much power because they kind of handle everything. Exactly. But at the same time, I, I kind of need that because during the season, I have literally no time. Yeah, so, I understand that. But now you have time. It's kind of a give and take. But, go ahead. You, but you need to I'd rather you have two guys in the, pet, the property manager handling the property, handling, you know, the, the maintenance of the building and then you know, another guy handling, like finding your tenants, because what's going to happen, they're going to get lazy and they're going to feed, you're not going to see when they're going to, you could be blindsided, blindsided. And I'm not trying to sound like, you know, pessimistic about it, but it's always good that the left hand doesn't necessarily know what the right hand is doing and they compete with, within each other to keep your business. When they, people get comfortable with your business is when they get lazy. 
The, no, the next thing I want to say is that uh, also you're, you're new to real estate and uh, I don't know, you know, I hope you have a long and prosperous career. Um, the one thing about real estate that is nice is that if you're creative, if you're um, not afraid to do things a little bit out the box, if you're, you know, if you're a self learner as you go forward, then this is a really good place, a good space to be. You know, it's so many ways you can, and so many angles you can do real estate. You don't have to follow what I do or what Sean does. You can find your own footing in, in, in ways that, you know, makes you feel more comfortable. So, you know, you can flip it, you know, you can, you know, Airbnb it, or you can, you know, you can just do straight up uh, rentals, or, you know, you can, there's so many ways you can make this thing work. You can do what's called a 1031 exchange, which is, it's a great way to avoid taxes if you're buying properties that go up in equity a lot. And uh, it's, it's just a wonderful, uh, to me, it's a wonderful area for the creative mind and people who are not afraid to do things and take risks. You know, I started out and I said, you know what, I'm going to take a risk. And not everybody, like, you know, my better half wasn't 100% behind me, but she said, okay, I'll, I'll roll with it. And, you know, it wasn't easy. And, you know, we had our ups and downs, but, you know, you always learn more when you get knocked down because now you want to review how you did. And when you get up, you try to do better. So, you know, this is a great arena for you to, uh, to explore as you go forward. So, you know, hey, I'm just saying enjoy the ride as you go forward. Yeah, this is like this building is where you're finding yourself. You're figuring out, you're kind of understanding how like the banking system works, how your tenants work, their needs, their wants. And, you know, especially with a three family, you, you're, you, you'll have better relationship with your tenants if they kind of feel your presence. Even if they say to them, you know, I'm, I obviously can't do a lot of the day to day, but if anything out of the ordinary comes up, I'm here for you rather than some distant property manager dealing with them. You'll have, and you'll get to know and understanding the nuances of the building. And I understand, you know, during season, you, you're limited, but maybe that's when you kind of front load your property manager. So okay, during season, I can't be involved as much for off season, you know, I want to be in the loop. I want to know what's happening. I want to understand what's going on and, and so forth. Yeah. And if there's a project that you're doing, you can be on site and even help out with the project. So your presence is known through not only the tenant seeing you, but the contractor knowing that, oh, you know, you, you don't mind even being involved, getting, getting your hands dirty a little bit. You know, I, I went up to my building, they was doing a, um, a whole renovation on apartment. So the contractor was there and I said, listen, I'm going to do all the outlets, leave the outlet for me. And, you know, I stayed up practically the whole night till the morning. I made sure these outlets were done right. And um, they was there till around, these guys stayed till about 11 o'clock. I was shocked that they even were there when I got there at um, five o'clock, I thought they would be gone. But their commitment was to be finished on time and to do it the right way. So the guy says, you know, you, 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 you're the first time you, we did work for you. We promised that we, it would take us uh, eight days and we want to make it eight days. So, um, you know, I don't know who's doing work for you or what, who's doing the maintenance, but that's a critical thing as well to find good people. And I guess the property manager takes care of that for you. So what's your, let me ask you, let me throw it at CJ as well CJ. So what's your growth strategy? Like, how do you plan on growing your business, growing real estate wise? What do you, what do you, what's your plan with, with regards to that? Yeah. So as far as like funding the new deals, that's why I became a, a realtor. And then on top of that, it's just pulling out a, a heat lock, right? So right now I have a bunch of equity in the property that I bought in 2019 because the market, um, we bought a duplex. We, it was the market, the rents were undervalued. Um, we renovated it. Now it's worth, you know, a hundred thousand more than we bought it for. So you're looking to collect units, keep collecting units. Yeah, yeah. So units. So next, my next thing, you know, I just want to do more. I have two a duplex, I have a triplex. So if I can get a fourplex, four unit, five unit, six unit, you know, to me, you know, the bigger the better for me, um, where I'm at right now. Unless I can find a good deal, you know, a duplex that you know is giving me the, the at the cap rate that I wanted at. And what's the cap rate that you learned? What's that like? What's a, what are you looking for as far as buying? What makes you pull the trigger? Um, it's the cash flow, you know, the cash flow really makes me pull the trigger. So if I'm getting, you know, if I can get a thousand dollars, um, per building, so my, my duplex, um, I guess it's $500 per door, per, per door, then, um, I'm good right now. 
but the triplex that we just bought, we're able to get, you know, 3,500, you know, before our expenses um, out of this. So about like 2,500, you know, um, out of this triplex through Airbnb and being creative. Um, and so now I, I think I can handle more units um, just from managing, you know, the units. But so you're not, you don't have years. a property manager, you're doing everything yourself. Mm -hmm. I do everything and, myself. And so I, talk I about that experience. What do you think about that? You think it's worth doing it by yourself, learning and understanding nuances? Yeah, I think you have to, like you said, you have to understand your business, right? Um, so just building relationships with the contractors, right? So contractors, I had to call a plumber and, you know, he's trying to overcharge me. And then like, I can see the problem myself because my handyman taught me what to look for, or I can call my handyman and show him like, okay, is this like, you know, that's the relationship I built with him, you know? And he'll tell me like, oh, they're thick. That's way too much, you know, they're trying to charge you and things like that. So just building relationships also um, understanding how, so me, I like to get my hands dirty. I like to you know, learn how to, like Jeff was saying, change the outlets and, and change light fixtures and things like that. So just walking through that, you know, a couple of times with my, uh, my handyman, you know, taught me a lot. And then just, you know, real estate, I feel like you have to, your presence, like you said, Sean, your presence has to be known. So whether that's in my building, whether that's like with my lender, you know, um, whether that's like meetups and things like that, um, I think that's important as well. And that's what I've learned from, from how long I've been managing my property. And you just made, made, made a good point that, you know, everybody should hear it. Like real estate is relationship building. Like if you're arm's length away from everything, you're not gonna have a good relationship with plumbers, electricians, you know, you're not gonna have a good relationship with contractors. You know, I'm doing like a gut renovation in my kitchen and it's all through context that I've worked in relations that I had in the past. If I was like having a third party source that for me, I'd be paying an arm and a leg. And the thing about building those relationships, I've had relationships with plumbers over 20 years. And everybody knows the plumbers. Plumbers give, give listen, I, plumbers are just as valuable as doctors in America. Like they have true <laughs> value plumbers. They're this, there's this, there's this, it's that occupation that's under the radar, but they have real value. Like, and it's hard to consistently find a good plumber that meets your needs consistently. So, you know, you have to build that because if you're going through like management groups, you're not going to have those type of relationships, you know, and it's, it's a very important to do. And I, I understand your dilemma, Chris, but I really just want you to push you to understand, like, you got to push harder to really get closer to your investment, you know, and I know there's hurdles that you have, but you got to figure out how do I get close to my investment, you know, and like I said, and, and I always like to, when, especially when it comes to business, I, you know, in life, I, like and we said from the first class, I manage risk and diversification. And I just think having one person be my end game, like where my fate is dependent on this one property manager group, that's a little too risky proposition for me. So Sean, yeah. how do you do your background check? Um, I go to this website called, well, now they have the broker, the broker did everything. But when I started out, I'd go to this website called um, rentalauthority.com. And as a landlord, you can have access and you, they fill out the application form. I give them the application, they fill it out. I charge them $25 to, to pull their credit. And Rental Authority gives you their entire credit history, their rental history, their eviction history. And, you know, and then I go from there. But I can tell you this, and I'm sure Jeff, you will agree. I've had no surprise bad tenants. The bad tenants that I've had, I saw it before I learned it to them, but I gave them a pass. You know, yes. I gave them the yes. benefit of the doubt. There's Absolutely. never been a tenant that's really been good on paper that screwed me over. The tenants that have screwed me over, honestly, are the ones that I shouldn't have taken in the first place. And I just gave them a chance. Right. You know, there's, exactly. there's, there's, see, and Jeff, there's key indicators that you look when you're picking out tenants. Number one thing is credit. Like I just declined a guy, his dad had, you know, was making close $800,000 a year. His son was a student, but his dad had like a 550 credit score. His son had a 500 credit score. And I was like, I don't care about, and the, the person I took over here was a, was a couple that had maybe 30, 40,000 in the bank, but collective, they both had a, over 100, 750 credit score. And to me, that was more important than the money that the dad said he had versus what the son had, because they're just, on their credit report showed to me they're responsible. Their dad probably looked at me, okay, if he's in his 50s and 60s and his credit score is still so low, He's probably a nutcracker. Oh, I'll get you today. Oh, don't worry, I got something running around. Probably, <laughs> I'll get you. Don't worry about it. I'll double up for you next month. Why are you bugging me for? I got this deal going on. Call me back. You know, that kind of person I felt. But I'd rather have the consistent couple that are responsible, that are professional, may not have as much money, but showed me a level of like responsibility, you know? 
So, you know, to me, the number one indicator is credit score and responsible. If, you, if you're maintaining or taking pride in your credit, chances are you go to pay rent. And I've had tenants that had good credit and couldn't afford to pay rent, but they do the best thing. They leave. They leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? they leave. That's the, that's the magic word. We're leaving. <laughs> yeah, they leave. I had a lady. I have a lady now. She had, you know, she had in her checking account over a million dollars. And no credit history. She's just cash, cash. That lady gives me the most stress. She pays the rent on time, but oh my lord, just the, the problems I get with this lady, you know. But I saw the red flags. So you know, and then other than and then other things you can look for is you know the good tenants that know what they're doing. They have their stuff together. Like I've seen people where they have like everything laid out for me in a package and a packet for me to review. You know those type of people. You know, and even the ones that ask particular questions that like, you know, they're just asking specific things about the building, intelligent questions, you know, okay, this person seems like they have it together, you know, and they're going to take pride in your building. And then another thing I've, that works for me, if they see me taking pride in my building, then they will know you set the standard. As a landlord, you set the tone, you set the standard. If you're going to disrespect your building, not get it clean regularly, not do the little things, not answer to their needs within reason, then they're going to disrespect your building, you know, but there's a fine line. And I'm sure Jeff can tell you too, of answering to a tenant's needs. You can't be, you have to kind of, I don't want to say in a bad way, but you got to train them. You can't be the guy that's going to, they're going to call you at three, four in the morning, which they do because they're hot in their apartment or because they got locked out and it's their fault. Like you have to kind of, you have to kind of manage what you should be responding to, what you should not be responding to, what you should be putting your foot down to and letting them know where they're kind of stepping outside what your responsibility is. Like I had a tenant in Barbados who I, I have an apartment that's furnished and, I, and she picked out the pots and pans and she picked out some glass Tupperware and she baked them and they exploded in the oven. And she's showing me pictures and asking me, how, what am I going to do? I was like... Lady, you picked up the glass stuff. You put the oven on for too long. It's your responsibility to get a plumber, do whatever you got to do to fix it. I'm not fixing your, that's, I'm not fixing your negligence, you know? Yeah. So. So my so question I, for I y'all, wanna, oh, go, go, go ahead, Jeff. You got it. I just want to add, uh, uh, if you guys decide to look up a credit score, um, a background check also there's a there's a website called mrlandlord.com um the cheapest credit check is um $9.99 the highest one is $24 and that includes a criminal background check along with a um, sexual offense uh sexual predators check and a uh, credit score check so and an eviction check so that kind of checks all the boxes and um, I've been I've been using that website for way before I you know I met Sean. And in terms of being like like the only one in my group before I found other people that were really sharp like like you guys, uh, I would say uh, I have no one I can really turn to because I got these problems. And like you know my circle of friends they doing some stupid stuff out there. Let me find another circle of people I can turn to. And I went to their um, Q&A um, part of their website and you would post your problem and then you would find all these people who got problems and all those people who address their situation. So it's called MrLandlord.com and he's a brother too. So, you know, you know, he's, he's pretty well known out there in the circles, but um, you know, when you, when you're out there, sometimes you may feel like, you know, you got to increase your network of people who are doing the same thing you are so they can either, you know, you can call them, you can lean on them a little bit for issues that pop up because we all find ourselves with unique situations. You know, uh, Charles, your situation will be with, with whoever in, in a unique way. And then you'll have a compound, you'll compile stories of people and how you, you know, made mistakes or you found people to be have a peculiar way. My, my biggest problem was with mental illness, with people, a, a girl who had mental illness. And she would threaten her children and I would call the, you know, the services on her and they wouldn't do anything. And her husband left her and she stopped paying the rent. And then people that lived above her and below her were going to move. And these were solid people. 
So luckily, right before Governor Cuomo put a moratorium on evictions, after um, four, no, five months of going to court, we got out. So I was lucky. I was like, but if I would have waited just another, you know, if I would have waited that month, that next month, she would have still been my tenant till this day. She would have been locked in. So we all have our moments, but, you know, it's it, anxiety comes with the territory. That's what I would tell anybody who does real estate, a certain level of anxiety. And you got to just deal with it. You can't let your emotions get the best of you and you start screaming and yelling. I'm, I'm, I've not always let my, my emotions, you know, be calm. I've let people push the wrong button and then they saw the other side of me, you know, all due to the fact that they were just not able to hear what I'm telling them or just negligent as tenants. And I'm like, listen, you know, I'll give you double your security. You got to go. You got to go. We're done. And right now I'm in a good space with, with the people that are there. Most of them are, most of them are young. Um, and, they're just trying to better themselves. They're all working. I have no Section 8. So uh, I don't know where you guys stand on Section 8, but I'm not a fan. Uh, I don't really, you know, but if you were doing Section 8, I recommend start with a woman with, with you know, a couple if possible or a woman with one child. Don't do two. Two kids off team. And if they team up on you, they're going to tear your place up. <laughs> I would say this as well, um, you know, Jeff was making some, some solid points when it comes to real estate. Um, you have to like have your rules and, and don't bend. Like to me, you know, all my tenants are listening. You have a 30 day grace for me. After that, you gotta go. I don't care what the issue is. I don't care what the problem is. I just start the procedures because you'll just start taking in the tenant's energy. The tenant's like, because they have problem at home, they have family problems, wife problems, medical problems. That's not your problem. And a key survival in business, and I'll say it, don't make your problem my problem. Exactly. I got my own problems to deal with. I, I don't want to assume your problems. I don't want to take your energy in of your problems. I don't want to hear what your situation is. I don't want to hear what you're waiting on. Do not make your problem. It's, it's, but it, it makes you stay, you know, firm. Like you can be, you know, give people understand, empathy. But at the end of the day, especially when it comes to real estate, you got to look out for you. You got to look out for me. And most times people that come to you with a situation, you're their first person they're going to come to, but they have other options. As much as they may not tell you they don't, as much as may they not feel you don't and run a whole guilt trip on you, they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. And you can't assume all of that energy because you won't grow. You won't grow. And at the end of the game, you know, you're exposing yourself. You're taking a lot of risk. You're, you're investing thousands and millions of dollars in these properties and you have to respect them. You have to respect your business and what you're doing and understand that you know, I'm trying to grow, you know. Um, I just want to add one more thing. In far as tenants are concerned, uh, a lot of people just do Airbnb. Um, you can, there's a host of them out there. You can join, you know, whatever you feel comfortable with. But what I've been really, I've done really well with, with is traveling nurses. And, and traveling nurses, many of them had stayed with me more than three months. They got big assignments and, you know, they get vouchers to, for their rent. So, you know, I normally, like now I got, I got a traveling nurse getting ready to come in in a couple of days and they've always been good, good tenants. Traveling nurses and doctors doing their, um, their in medical internships at hospitals. So if you look at the hospitals in your area, you can find maybe, find out who's being assigned to that hospital and if, if they're your tenant, then 90% of these people, they, they just want a place to lay their head so they can get up the next morning and go to work because they work these doctors like dogs, you know? So that's, that's, that's been my um, experience with traveling nurses and doctors. So, so my question for you guys would be like, how did you guys grow? So like, how did you guys get to units like five or six or seven unit buildings? Like, how did you guys start doing that? You got to treat your, build, your building like, at the initial, some buildings that, you know, you're just working them. They're your workhorse. You're pulling equity mm -hmm. out. When you, as soon as you have a, a, a bit of equity, like I always have like the two at most three-year rule. And this is when you're young, when you're aggressive. The two, three-year rule where like your building has to appraise in value. And if it appraises in value, you want to pull that equity out, you know, and then you want to leverage that equity to buy something else. Like you shouldn't let your building sit for five and six years and say, oh, 
I only owe 500,000, my building's worth $2 million. That's just, in your age or your time, it's just, it's a dumb move. Yeah. You gotta like get aggressive, mm-hmm. pull that equity out and acquire other bills. That's why I say, like I was telling Chris earlier, of building a relationship with the banker because we all this is what they do we're all in on that game we understand so you're gonna you're gonna you're, you're just babying these things they're like like livestock you know little animals that you're nurturing you're growing and eventually you're gonna chop it up and bring it to the butcher you know <laughs> so you gotta like nurture it care it keep it and this is like what i learned too like even when it comes to increasing rent yearly is a very important thing because a lot of properties their value is driven by the rental income so if you're the nice guy, you got a nice tenant, you don't want to raise their rent, you f- you'll find yourself in a position where you're renting below market and it works against you. This is where it gets back to the point of you understanding your business. So even if you give them not, you have to make sure that, and I like to charge rents that are a little bit below what the market is out there. So tenants can feel like they're going to take care of my building, but you can have a, if you have a, a apartment that's extremely below the market rental rate, you're hurting yourself. Because when you come to refinance, it's going to decrease the value of the building. It's going to show that you have less cash flow. And it's, to the banker, it's going to show that your building wasn't well managed. Your building has to be getting market rents to order to max out. Because the real money is made on the refinance. The little monthly cash flow is just, you know, to, to take your wife out on a vacation, live a certain quality of life. But the growth comes from the equity. You're right. So Sean is t- Sean is telling the truth with that. But when I when I started, I started with um, just riding my bike around. I didn't have a car at the time. I had one child, and I was like committed to getting, you know, real estate through listening to a guy on a radio show one day. And I bought his book, and his book was not technical. It was really a light read, and it was basic stuff. You know, you look at enough houses, you put crazy, you know, offers in that they're not going to accept. So you get used to making offers. And then when you find what you want, you can now analyze it a little bit better. And you're looking for the cosmetically bad looking house on a nice block. That was the game plan. Anyway, I wa- I rode my bike, found a place and it was in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. And I made an offer. The guy said, fine. And, um, he probably, he pretty much wasn't selling it for that much, but this house, you know, was like nothing back then. So I bought it and it was a two family. And just like what you're saying, Charles, we lived upstairs, we rented out downstairs. And then when we, I flipped it. So we went downstairs and I rented up upstairs, but then I roomed it. So I kind of like was trying to be creative in how I'm collecting rents. And uh, all of that worked out until like Sean says, I pulled the money out. I bought another building uh, at my wife's suggestion because it was next to where she was working, a couple of blocks from the house. So now this was a four-story brownstone and we moved in. She wanted to take three floors. Oh, we're going to have three floors. I said, no, 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 no. We're going to get two floors. We're going to squeeze all our kids in these rooms and we're going to work this thing. And that's what we did. So I, I, you know, after everything was up and running, I said, you know, let's save our money so we can go get another house. Let's plan. And we stu- I stuffed, stuffed um, three girls in a room and my son had to pass through their room to get to his room. And we lived like that for like three years. And it was fights, it was arguments, it was all kind of crazy stuff. Then I found the house I'm in now, and this is a two family, but I took the kitchen out down it was an apartment downstairs i took the kitchen out and i put each one of my kids in a room so they had the space they wanted now they're gone except for my son who's got one foot out the door and i got a daughter that has down syndrome so she's going to be with us but she's no problem but i'm on the opposite end of where you are now so i'm on the end where i gotta decide how i'm going to divvy up what i have so i don't if the kids are not going to work it, I got to find a way that they can get cash flow from what I have. So the house, my first house, I did a 1031 exchange and bought a building upstate. So I went from a two family house to an 18 unit building and I paid no tax. So that really saved me some money. The problem is no one in my house want to deal with that. 
So I got to sell that in the next three years. In the next three years, I'll sell it and I'll put the money in a um, in in what's called a um, it's a it's, it's it's pretty much a commercial entity. I'm going to put it in a commercial rental entity, and I just have to decide how I'm going to put it. I'm looking at a, a either cancer research properties or places where they do MRIs. Something that's not going to go out of business. Something that's increasing because age of people is increasing. So with that said, that would give me like a, a, a income similar to a, a annuity. It's, it's monthly income that comes in. And I, I do that to a 1031 exchange as well. So I think you get a, I think you get a little deep. Different than you guys, because I'm on the other when, when we when I pass and my wife pass, and my kids don't want to do this no more, they don't pay the tax. They take they could take the money out, they could sell it, and they 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 sell it at principal, whatever the, the whatever the basis they sell it. I already explained it to two of my daughters. I explained it to my son, but my, my two of my daughters, I got one that she's almost like me. So she'll deal with stuff, but she don't have a driver's license. I tell her, you need your license to deal with do this business. You can't do this over the phone. You really need to have your license. So she's in the process of doing that. Anyway, that's my story and I'm at the end of like another who knows I just want to go around doing what I'm doing with Sean helping people you know Sean is the key to getting me a platform to speak I grabbed it and we've been doing this for a while so you know I'm I'm just here to try to see when when I find people with with the right heart and the right will then I'm there I'm there to either encourage them help them and I'm going upstate on the 28th, I'm going up to Syracuse with one of the people that came from our class, Sean. Right, right. Doing is supposed to be doing his first deal. Oh, wow. Amazing. So he's supposed to be going up there through getting a property through what's called the land bank. And the land bank has all these properties that are in Syracuse that are in challenging areas. So you can get them for like nothing. When I say nothing, under $50,000. So if you got 50 to put in and you do the whole deal, you'll have a solid house where you can get good rents and, you know, you're on your way. You're not overburdening with too much overhead. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, he asked me to go with him and I said, you know, hey, we'll go together. I'll learn something because you've already been with the broker of the land bank. I don't know the land bank people. And mm -hmm. once I get to know them, I may be headed up there to do, who knows, I might move up there, I don't know, you know. <laughs> okay, people, we are listening to Two Black Guys with Good Credits NFL Financial Literacy Webinar Series, class number three, but we're going to take a quick break, so stay tuned, do not go anywhere, keep your notepad and pen ready, we will be right back after this quick message. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Boom, 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 boom.
Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. Today, it's part three. It's class three of our NFL financial literacy webinar series. Let's jump right back into it. So, so Chris, you're hearing a lot of information. You know, what are you thinking? What are your thoughts? Because this class is really about you. We were supposed to talk about different credit things, but you've already gone through the credit process applying for your house. I think, you know, I said, let's just go off topic and, and talk real estate. So what are yeah. your thoughts? Uh, basically, that uh, I'm just trying to figure out, uh, like, what should I do going forward? Like, I, I have uh, my property manager has clearly too much power. So as far as, because I have a, uh, the management agreement, I'm looking through it right now to kind of see if I, what I can do as far as that. And then, like... What are you locked in? What are the terms of your deal? Are you locked in? Did you commit to them? Like, is it, you, you, you should have the flexibility that if you want to exit, you should be able to exit. And like I said, uh, even in the first class, when you look at deals and you sign deals, you always got to see what the exit strategy is because you, you can date, but it may not make it to marriage. You want to know how to get out of this without, you know, it's your building. You should have the liberty to, you know, choose whoever you want to manage and hire. And I'm not saying your property manager is not doing a good job. Don't get me wrong. But no, I'm just good. Huh? Yeah, they're good. It's just a matter of, they just have too much power. <laughs> Correct. So you see it. You see that, right? Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, if you want, we can talk about next class when you want to look over the terms of the deal. But I would just say, like, if where units come vacant, have a, a broker on a side list and rent your property. Usually property managers are not good brokers and brokers are not good property managers. Rule of thumb. Mm -hmm. They all want to say they can do everything, but you more or less people that specialize in that, you know, specifically. You know, the one and done people, they're, yeah, they're, they're okay. You want somebody, a property manager that manages property and a broker that finds tenants. Um, so what is your like growth strategy plan? Like, how do you plan on growing? What do you want to do next real estate wise? Um, as of right now, I'm just looking for more properties to be honest with you. It's kind of pretty competitive down here. Um, oh. Oh, yeah, I'm looking and, around here. And you're uh -huh. fixated on Orlando just because that's your comfort and you're, and you CJ, you're fixated on Minnesota cause that's your comfort as well. Yeah. I'm just familiar with the area. So you guys got to get yeah. uncomfortable. How do you get uncomfortable? So I'm so I'm, uh, like I, I told you, Sean, I was in Puerto Rico and I plan to go there every winter like you do in Barbados. And I rubbed shoulders with the guy who, who ran my Airbnb and it was a seven unit uh, building. And he offered me to buy it, you know, and I didn't have, you know, the asset or the, I didn't have, I didn't, I didn't have it to buy it, you know, and I was trying to get creative, trying to get him to sell the finance. Okay, let's talk about Puerto Rico. Let's talk about Puerto Rico. Yes or no, but let's talk about Puerto Rico. When you look at business opportunities, okay? So you guys trying to sell you on Puerto Rico. All right. Yeah. And now he's telling you all the upsides. What are the downsides to Puerto Rico? Well, the downsides are definitely hurricanes, you know. Worse than that. They've had what have they had over the last few years that's scaring tourists to come there? The, what the housing market? Or what do you No, know? they've had consistent earthquakes. Okay. So you got to look at what's insurance going to be like there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and from the time they have one earthquake, nobody wants to go because they're unpredictable. You know, it's not like a hurricane. You can see it coming. People can move, but an earthquake is like, you know, you don't know when and how it's coming. And they've had a lot of tremors in Puerto Rico the last little while. And then I know, and then you got to look at, once again, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico could be, it's not, it's, I don't think it's a short game, meaning that like, how, what's, how hard is it to get out of that situation, get out of it, to sell that seven unit, if things aren't going your way, if tenants aren't coming, how can you exit, you know? And to me, there's a lot of risk associated with Puerto Rico. And is the upside worth it? I know I've looked at Puerto Rico years ago and I know the rental markets are not that high. So you're not going to be mm -hmm. getting in a, a, a buckload of rental income, but you'll have a lot of management issues. You'll have a lot of concerns, you know, and, and I don't know if tourism is, is accelerating or decelerating in Puerto Rico right now, but I know for a few years it was, everybody was scared of this whole earthquake thing that's happening in Puerto Rico. So mm -hmm. you may want to like consider, like I like, especially like, you know, with Barbados, Barbados, like when I, when, why I bought in Barbados one, the currency is strong. It's pegged to the US dollar. It's always two for one. They have their, the type of client that goes to Barbados is middle, is middle to higher income people, people from the Britain with the pound, Germans, all well-to-do people. So I know I could get in solid, good rents. And then the local rent wasn't so bad either. So I was like, okay, I can hedge myself. I know I can bring, I'm not going to, like, I would never like, I hope no Dominicans are listening, but I wouldn't buy in DR because 
I don't want that type of clientele. I wanted like, I was like the high-end clientele that's willing to pay a certain premium and willing to get certain things. And then as far as crime is low in Barbados, you know, all those things are, are, are great. And it's a tourist driven based island. Now the downsides to Barbados, which I didn't realize. So when I bought Barbados, I had the mindset of like, Barbados is like Manhattan to me. Meaning it's, a hundred, it's 166 square miles. You can't grow it out. It's premium real estate throughout the Caribbean that, okay, let me get a piece of this rock. And there's always gonna be a demand for this land. When I got there, when I bought, I realized there's not that same demand as you would in New York because people are coming to work in New York and live. Barbados is just a, a, a tourist destination. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like, I, I wasn't able to get in, get out like I thought I would, mm. you know? And then, and then with, as far as financing is concerned, you know, lawyer fees in the Caribbean, they go by this British system, this calculation. So to close on my property, just to pay the lawyer was like $50,000. Well, in New York, I pay like $2,500. So, mm -hmm. and if you want to refinance, it's like a relationship with a bank. And then you got to bring in this lawyer. You got to pay the 50 grand. And people don't jump mortgages like that, like jump around. So it was like either I sell the building, refinancing wasn't like a strong option. In, in, so I've never refinanced. But to get lower rates, it's a phone call. Like I don't have to go through application process. I just got to harass my banker come on, man, I've been in this rate for two years. I see the rates dropping. Come on, can you do something? Can you do something? Can you do something? And eventually two, three months will pass. He'll approve it. And I'll just see how my statement, my rate dropped, my interest rate dropped. That's like a refinance in Barbados, you know? So you have to look, you know, I, you know, and when I first bought it, it was like one big building and two houses, two small apartments. So the plan was for me to keep an apartment for myself and to rent the house and to rent the other apartment. But then I realized, which a lot of people make the mistake, when you're traveling, most tourists don't rent big houses. Most people don't rent big houses. People that rent big houses are kind of in between looking to buy their own home. And so I realized that apartments is what do well, especially one or two bedroom apartments. If you're a traveler, if you're a senior person, you're going away, you're, you're a snowbird, you only want a two, at most a two bedroom for you and one room for you and your wife. And the other room is in case you have friends visiting you. Most people don't want to rent a three bedroom, four bedroom apartment building. So I eventually I had to suck it up I had to convert the building into three apartments, which worked out. Then I had to attract, to differentiate myself, I had to, I put a pool, so I sunk $20,000 into building a pool, which worked. And then once I got to five units is when I was able to like Airbnb to get a consistent rent and stuff like that. But what was happening now, I'm Airbnb and like you're doing, I have to rely on somebody to come clean it, somebody, a property manager and all that kind of stuff. And any of them, they're harassing me, they're bothering me. And it was just, it was, it was very time consuming for me to manage it from a distance. You know, I could do the bookings on my phone and everything like that, but the, the, the process of self managing it from my phone and not being there, like simple things like, you know, the property manager, sometimes they get overwhelmed. They're managing other properties. One tenant's complaining about a leak. I got to get over something's going on and, and it's coming through me. Like I find Airbnb for me works better if I'm there, especially with multiple units. One unit, it's not so bad. With five units, it's very hard. So I, I mm -hmm. converted and I long-term rented them because it was less problems, less hand-to-hand. -hand. And especially if people come in and out, you got to have a great relationship with your housekeeper because people come in, other person's coming out, person's coming in, coming out. And it was like, it was very, the money was better, but it was just harder to manage. And as I got older, I was like, you know, I don't want that stress. So now I, they're all long-term rentals. But their rentals through, like, like Jeff said, I have some doctors in there. I have people that are there for bankers that are there for six, six months to a year. And, you know, the money's not as much, but it's less stress. You know, and I'm able to think and work the building. That's why I'm putting in the solar panels now and so forth. So when you're looking at investment properties overseas from a distance, you got to really look into, you know, your exposure, what's your day-to-day going to be like, and how do I manage this process, you know? Mm -hmm. Definitely. So, I appreciate that. Yeah. That's good information. Um, so back to you, Chris. What is your growth potential as far as like, what are you looking, are you looking to do more in Orlando? Are you looking to go up from triplexes to like four or five units? What are you thinking? Uh, yeah, so right now I'm looking for, uh, using like multifamily, using probably three units and up. And then at some point getting like the apartment syndications and stuff, so. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're going in, um, so you're looking to pull out equity to do that. Are you going to look, are you going to go out of pocket and, and do it? I'm not sure. Haven't thought that out yet, but that, that has to be part of the plan. Like, you know, and it's really working that investment, you know, 
And how many more years do you have in the NFL, do you think? Say it again? How many more years do you have in the NFL? Couldn't tell you. Uh, I know probably, I know I've won for sure. So. Uh, hopefully after that, a couple more. So maybe three or four. So three or four, is that realistically or that like being, that optimistic, pessimistic or realistic? Uh, this is like my last year, my deals. So it all depends on how I do this year. So, I mean, football is kind of, <laughs> it's like a, what have you done for me lately sports. So if, if I do what I need to do, then uh, I'll be playing longer. If I don't, then we'll see. So well, this, the reason why I ask is because this is where you got to kind of work on those what if scenarios. Okay, if X happens, here's my game. Here's my play. If, if the upside happens where I get another year out of it, here's my play. And if I'm getting two or three years, here's my next play, you know? And if you're going to go, if, if you can leverage, continue to go long in real estate during these years, I think that would be like a great proposition for you. You understand what I'm saying? Like maybe acquire another building. If, Hey, once, when I sign my contract, my bonus, the first thing I do with the bonus is I put it down on another property. So that maybe if you, if you get three, four years left out of the NFL, you come out with four or five properties. You know, and if you don't, if you say, okay, well, I only had one year, well, then you kind of figure out how do I work my investment that I have now and how do I grow it and where am I going to, you know, what am I going to do next? You know, am I going to go mm -hmm. full fledged into real estate, then figure out where your fit is, like Jeff was mentioning earlier, where is my fit going to be in real estate? You kind of want to be able to come out where like, you know, you kind of want to come out where CJ is now. That's where you're ahead of the game. CJ took a couple of years to figure out this is where you need to be, but maybe you can say, well, I'm going to come out where CJ is now. So I, I don't need to spend those two years figuring it out and nothing against your plan, mm -hmm. CJ, mm -hmm. but it's a matter of like being aggressive and understanding my goal and my drive. Like when I was working on wall street and you know, nine 11 happened. I, you know, I, I would love to be able to tell you guys like, Oh, you know, I, I timed it perfectly. I planned it all out that I was leaving wall street and I was going to start buying real estate, but you know, it happened through happenstance. Nine 11 happened. They offered me a package. I took it and I went with it. But the plan was I was going to open up a gym. That was really what I wanted to do. Um, and then I realized what bothered me is how much money I'm going to be putting into somebody else's building to build a gym. Like when I had to do the plumbing thing, the showers and the steam rooms and all that, I was like, I'm spending hundreds of thousands of dollars in somebody else's property. That's when I was like, nah, I can't do that. I got to do something else. And that's when I said, you know what? I'm doing fairly well with the real estate. Let me, let me be aggressive and, and focus in on doing real estate. Um, you know, full-time for the most part. Mm -hmm. So you can't put yourself in a position where you're like, where you're not in control of the end game. If the NFL doesn't want you back, that, that doesn't mean you lost that control. You should still have that control because you know your pivot. You know your pivot. You know your what-if scenarios. What if this? What if that? And that's why it's even getting back to the point of understanding your holding, understanding real estate, you know, maybe even like having more conversations with CJ because CJ is going hard and it's what he's doing, how he's building out his units. Or you guys even collectively saying, you know, I would love to hear that you guys buy a, a large unit together, buy a 16 unit or like an 18 unit like Jeff has collectively and then say, okay, we're going we're gonna to partner this for the next few years and then we're going to pull out the equity and we're going to branch off and do our own thing and we'll keep the 18 unit under our LLC that, you know, works for us, but we're eventually going to, you know, branch off and do our own thing figure out if you want to, you know, I was just listening to the Wall Street Journal today and they were saying how well the commercial real estate market's doing. And I was kind of shocked because I'm scared of it, especially during COVID and all these commercial places closing. But, you know, what happened is the government helping people, giving people forbearance and so forth like that has kept the commercial real estate strong where people don't have to sell their buildings because they're getting, you know, assisted by the government. So even though you're seeing like abandoned units and vacancies, the owners are not doing bad to the point that they don't have to sell. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that, man. So like pretty much, I know we're wrapping up here, but pretty much my goal is to get to a cash flow number. Um, so what's going to help me get to that goal is pulling out the equity and buying units. You want to um, get, you want to acquire, worry about the cash flow number, worrying about yeah, acquiring. Okay. You're about acquisitions. acquisitions. The fun of landlord changing light bulbs, changing all that. That's all fun and games, but don't get yeah. caught up. Don't let that be your day-to-day -day and soak up all your time. Or like, honey, we just painted this wall. We just did this. That's not your end yeah. game. Your goal is to be hungry. You know, you got to sure. be like a rat. You got to grab what you can. You got to run. You got to acquire, acquire, acquire.
So that yeah, what are you thirty? Sure. You're not. You're not even thirty yet, right? Just turned twenty-eight. Oh my god! I would trade everything. So you got to be at, <laughs> by the time you're thirty-five, you could be like, honey, we got to own ten units, ten buildings. Yeah. Then you start looking at your portfolio because then when you hit forty, all that's when the cash flow is going to be sweet. You just uh-huh. want to hustle it out right now. Make sure you can manage and pay for. As long as you can pay for these buildings and maintain your your lifestyle within reason, then you acquire. You keep acquiring, and then when you hit thirty five, heading into forty, you'll, and you start to have that little family, you realize like, man, we can go to soccer games, we can go on trips, we can do all that because we got like thirty units. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and your tenants don't all have to be just regular tenants. You can open up. You can buy medical facilities. Correct. You know, you could see uh, laundry facilities. You you're the landlord, and the laundry facility is your tenant. You know, mm-hmm. you, there's there's tons of ways you can buy, but it's all what you you grow into what's comfortable for you and what you can deal with from a um, anxiety level. You know, so yeah, being totally yeah like one of my units, one of my buildings, I have a laundry room, it brings in like forty dollars a month. And like I was just saying, with the whole converting to electricity, converting to solar from electricity, that eight hundred dollars swing is a new tenant for me. It's a tenant. I got rid of an expense. I evicted the electrical <laughs> company. I evicted them and I brought in solar as my new tenant. It's a revenue stream now I've created. So that building had five revenue streams. Now it has six. And I've just leveraged the roof with solar panels for $40,000 investment. Well, 24, it's a 20,000 US investment. Mm-hmm. And Chris, your game plan is to be the same thing. Acquire, acquire, acquire. Don't get comfortable. And then find ways in which you can reduce your expenses and show the bank, like you're trying to prep these buildings so that when you meet with the bank two, three, four years from now, the bank is like, wow, it's a great building. You got great tenants. The numbers are strong. Your expenses are minimum. You've done well with this building. It's worth 600,000. You only owe 300. All right, we're going to give you 150,000, 200,000. And you use that to buy another building. You're kind of building it up. And you got to really be like cost versus rewards. When you're looking at doing things, something that may be nice, is it really going to add to the bottom line. It's really going to help me for that meeting two or three years down the road from now that I have with the bank. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I would just add one thing is that you, you want to understand the tax uh, side of everything because this is where you're going to really come out ahead. You know, you're going to, you're going to be different. Like me, I, I, I got friends that I left transit with and they're like, Oh, you, I'm a former bus operator for the New York city transit. And they're like, what are you going to do when you retire? You're going to go drive Atlanta City? You're going to go drive here? I said, listen, I'm going down here in my license. That <laughs> closed. I did this 27 years. I got too many other things in my life I want to do. And they looked at me like I was crazy. Are you crazy? This has been your life? No, I'm not crazy because I'm doing other things while I was driving a bus. You guys are playing pool. I'm in the basement calling tenants and figuring out issues. I did this for so many years. Now I don't have to focus on driving a bus. I can just focus on being a good landlord. Exactly. So Chris and Chris, Chris and CJ, you guys are driving the bus right now. What are you doing outside driving the bus? You can't give all your attention to one thing. You can't give 100% into football. And you can't give 100% into like renovations. You got to drive the bus. And you got to think of ways in which to know the big game. Your big game is the interview for the refinance two, three years down the road mm-hmm. and to keep acquiring. Like two years can't pass where you're not pulling out equity and buying another bill. I don't care what market conditions are like. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's the plan for me at the end of this year. Or, uh, that's the plan. I'm just lining my ducks in order right now uh, because uh, my wife and I, we don't have you know a W-2 job anymore. So when we go to pull out this HELOC, you know, how are we going to do it? Um, so, you know, finding a partner, you know, somebody who can qualify for us, you know, who has the income, who can help us pull out this HELOC. So figuring that out, uh, because we do have equity, you know, we have 90K in equity for this house and, you know, we only pull out like 70, 75% of it. Um, but using that, you know, for our next, our, our next purchase, I think is a plan for us just figuring out how to, how to get it. Chris, a lot of things going through your head. Um, like refinance every two, three years and just acquire a lot of property. Exactly, exactly. And leverage your current position. Hopefully hopefully today was helpful. Today was supposed to be all about you. Hopefully it was. Appreciate that. I know we went off on a lot of different tangents, a lot of different directions, but 
No, we, we pretty much stayed on real estate. And I think that, we, you know, we all was sharing in the conversation. I, I'm, I really appreciate you guys. And we're all under construction. You know, I'm just under the a different level in terms of me coming out in, in my own way. So you're always trying to figure something out. And that whether you figure out how to buy or figure out how to sell, your mind is always being occupied with something that's going to benefit your family. Black guys. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.